Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. The Force will be with you, always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the Dark Lords of the Sith. From the war-torn front lines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times. And welcome back, Clone Wars fans, to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, the original podcast dedicated to the Clone Wars animated series. This is episode 136 for the episode Destiny. My name is Matt the Crankster Cranky. And on the other side of the microphone, your host and creator, Michael Cohen. What's up, Mike? How you doing? Hey, I got through uh, that. I got through that. Yeah, yeah. It took the, me a couple the, times. It, it took a couple of tries, but, but we're there. <laughs> oh, uh, maybe wow. I'll tag them on at the end of the episode to listen to. Um, oh, it's been a rough morning. Good. It's hot over here in California. I, I'm going to blame it on the heat, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Um, that's legit that's legit. yeah yeah so anyway we're gonna be talking uh, the third part of the yoda arc and we're getting down to the last two episodes here but before we do yeah. that just a couple of quick news items mike you know we we were scouring the uh internets to find out what was going on in the news and there's not really a lot but we did find out there was a couple of new cast members from that open cast and call they did what a few months ago i guess they uh, actually let anybody just kind of throw in your throw your uh, name into the hat to yeah to try to get on, and they they confirmed Crystal Clark and Pip Anderson, and and for the most part, I was like, okay, big deal, whatever. But I just looked at it today, Mike, and I'm like, wait a second, this Pip guy is, I don't know, it's kind of interesting because he is a parkour expert. I guess he's been doing it for like five and a half years professionally. So I looked at his his reel. He has this reel on YouTube. If you're listening to the show, you can check it out. It's all over the place now on the Star Wars sites. And I just, it brings a whole new, I can just see, you know, this guy and some kind of a force power doing this kind of stuff. I mean, this guy, parkour is kind of like the poor man's like, force powers you know what i mean it's just yeah, crazy yeah. Just, to see these guys do some of the stuff they do i mean they're going jumping over things and doing flips and spins and it's like it's almost this almost a force power in itself so i can just imagine seeing this in a movie and using this guy's talents i mean we've seen them use ray park before and his abilities in martial arts and I, it looks like they might be going this route this parkour route for this new movie what do you think mike yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, uh, one of the most notable things is uh, is this Spider-Man ad for Sony mm-hmm. right. that uh, that Pip has done. So it's uh, it's cool. It's cool to see that they're, that they're going to be bringing that element in. I know I my 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 listeners from over uh, at Quiver the Green Arrow podcast mm-hmm. uh, they appreciate all the parkour that we get to see on that show. It's it, parkour has become a really big thing. Yeah. In in film and TV, so if you're uh, if you're a practitioner of the parkour arts, then uh, then you can you can get yourself a role in a Star Wars movie or a DC television show, right? Like that's right. kind of I, I think that's really cool because it, it it's uh, it's a uh, you're right it's it's kind of like the poor man's uh, force powers, but it's also like the real life superheroes, yeah, right? Yeah, like these yeah. these guys do incredible stuff like leaping from building to building and that sort of thing like the kind of stuff that you would expect to see the ninja turtles doing so um the biggest indicator that this gives us is that not only will the creature effects be practical but so will the uh the the stunts and everything right so um i mean every every piece of news that comes out of of episode seven um 
since the casting announcement has just been like, here's this other thing that's going to be really cool. Here's this other great thing. But the really sneaky announcement that they are, are sort of confirmation that they made in this article uh, over on over on the newly redesigned StarWars.com right. yeah. um, is uh, just this last paragraph here, and I'm just going to read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in August, the team will take a brief two-week hiatus while adjustments to the current production schedule are made as actor Harrison Ford recovers from a leg injury. Harrison is doing well and is looking forward to returning to the set soon. Shooting remains on track to wrap in the fall with the film scheduled for release on December 18th, 2015. So I think that we can definitively say that all of this talk of them pushing it back to May, um, this is this news articles from July 6th, which is uh, yesterday as of recording. Mm-hmm. I think all of that, that talk can sort of be put to rest. It's a, uh, it's all good. We're, we're fine. Everybody, we're all fine here now. How yeah. are you? How are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you... every everything's gonna be good. Like they, it's a it's a minor setback, but uh, JJ is a skilled director producer. So I'm sure all they did, had to do was shuffle some stuff around. Uh, they like they say a brief two week hiatus. Which you know what that means? That means that that they might not be filming for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it, for production, but you can you can rest assured. That JJ is going to be in in uh, the studio, doing some some posts, going through dailies, starting to get some yeah. cuts together, and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, what they have shot or what they will have shot by that point will be plenty to work with, and uh, and it's a Star Wars movie. There's so much pre production to do that mm-hmm. even though they are they're currently filming, I'm sure that there are still droids and ships and aliens and Building effects sets, yeah. Yeah, yeah to worry about uh right up until right up until a few months before the uh the, the release of the movie so um this is not going to slow them down whatsoever and uh, and and adding these two more actors to the cast shows that they're that they're just going full steam ahead and to, to silence uh, those haters that are like, oh, well, they've only added two more female actors. Well, two very awesome female actors. And now here we have a third one. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, you know, I, I think that, that those early naysayers were, uh, were just a little bit too quick to jump on the, uh, on, on the, the anti-Episode 7 bandwagon. I think, <laughs> I think this movie is going to do just fine. I think it's going to be very diverse and very, uh, very representative, and all of those sorts of things, uh, and uh, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome movie. I mean, everything that we get just makes me more and more excited. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're we're really like we're we're zoning in here. We're uh, man, we're like a, a a year, six months, and one week away, essentially, right? Right. That's pretty yeah. much where we're at. So. It's close. It's yeah. soon. I really wish that we could see some more, but uh, but we'll get there. We'll get there sooner or later. We'll get to see the whole thing. So <laughs> yeah, we'll get more tidbits. Like you said, it's not. It's just these little things. And and if you dig a little bit, like I did at first, at first glance, I was like, okay, big deal. A couple of new new people, new. Yeah. And then I then I looked at it. And go wait a second. And then I started thinking about the parkour thing, and I'm like, whoa, you know, now it's totally taking on a whole new meaning for. It's like, wow, this is really cool. You know, like. Uh, like they brought uh, Ray Park, like I said earlier, they brought Ray Park in to use his skills and and said, "Hey, you got the part, man. You know, we'll dub your voice, but you know the physicality that he brought." And I just I can't wait to see that in in the new Star Wars movie. All this stuff ramped up, and maybe to see this style of uh, I don't even know is parkour kind of like a like, is it? It's not really a martial art, is it? It's more just a you know activity, I guess. I don't it's know. kind of a mix of martial arts and mm-hmm. uh, and and gymnastics. I think it's kind of like, um, I mean, like you have to kind of classify like it gymnast- as gymnastics, yeah. right? right? But right. it's it's gym it's practical gymnastics because I think when we watch yeah. when we watch gymnastics in the Olympics and stuff, it's like yeah, that's really cool. But in what scenario is flipping around that bar? <laughs> gonna be helpful to anybody right yeah, like it's yeah. it's definitely an incredible show of uh of of athleticism and and you know like physical aptitude and that sort of thing but parkour kind of takes that element and puts it into the real world and says right, exactly here's yeah. like let's take it out of this clean 
environment and throw in a little bit of an element of danger. And then when you throw it into a movie and you have it uh, be part of a, a, a character and part of a, a scene and a plot, I think it, it adds that much more because it's just this really cool. It's grounded in reality. That's what I love about parkour in, in, in TV and movies mm-hmm. is that like you see it and you go, I'll use Stephen Amell as an example on Arrow and you go, man, he's, he's really doing that. Right. Like yeah. he really did right. just jump from one building to another building. Right. It's all right. that stuff that we used to watch Jackie Chan do back mm-hmm. in the day and be like, Oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well now every other actor on TV has to do it because every other show is genre. So right. uh, yeah. sooner or later, somebody has got to use a grappling hook and jump from one building to another. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, I I think it's really cool. I think it's really exciting. Yeah, that's I, you're right. That's the intriguing part is it, just like in his video, he was doing it just in, in, with everyday buildings and uh, wow, you just replace you know, throw a course on in there or something crazy. You know, I could see him jumping around and using force power. I could see him running around with a, a lightsaber doing all this stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. Really excited to see that. I know one more thing before we go. Um, hey, you're talking. You just sent this to me this yeah uh, memo bots uh star yeah. wars inspired uh stuff go ahead yeah these uh star wars is is powering uh, powering up memo uh, partnering up. partnering up with with memo bot again uh with memo co i should say to make these uh memo power bots they're they're really cool uh, i just saw these on the starwars.com website and thought that we'd uh, we'd we'd kind of give them a shout out. I mean, you know, nobody's asking us to do this, but if Mimoko wants to send us one, we give them a review. As uh, yeah, I mean, they can just <laughs> they can they can shoot us an email, mail at clonewarspodcast.com and uh, and and shoot us one of these so that we can let you know just how awesome they are. But uh, it's basically it's a it's a one. backup battery. For your uh, USB powered devices, so uh, mm-hmm. like your your phone or your your uh, your tablet or whatever, uh, but it's just this kind of this little five volt USB uh, power source. And uh, and for us Star Wars fans, of course, there's Darth Vader and R two D two to choose from. So I mean, like my preference would be R two D two because. Uh, Who's going to help me power up my phone better than, <laughs> than everybody's yeah. favorite astromech, right? Yeah, but, uh, exactly. but it's really cool. You can actually you can get them right now. Uh, they're doing like a, a it's a sort of a, a pre-order thing. Like they're not actually for sale yet because they just announced them. But if you go to mimoco.com uh, and prelaunch.com, you can you can get a pre-order, and they're actually a little bit cheaper. They're about ten dollars cheaper. So. Uh, if, if they're sixty dollars right now, if uh, if that's something that's interesting to you, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think it's pretty cool. So yeah, uh, they come out and it looks like they ship on October thirty first of this year. So we got a little while yet, but I tell you what, um, when we go to let's say Celebration Anaheim and you're walking around the any the, the uh, convention and there's nowhere to plug in, hey. You can have a power bot right there. Just plug that in. And how many times have we been? Uh, have I been around and had like two percent left on my phone and forgot my, you know, my power cord or my charger or whatever? So it's happened before. But having one of these around, a little R two, like you said, a little astromech to power you up. Hey, we're all, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we kind of we kind of mentioned that StarWars.com got a new redesign. Right. Um, right. Not a ton of changes, except that all of our complaining for the last uh, last little while can uh, sort of be silenced because it seems like they're they're updating this on a almost daily basis. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got tons of great stuff. You know what they did that's really cool? They folded the blog right into the website. Right. So the 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 Star Wars blog was a little bit, I think, of an experiment when they started it. And, uh, and and it's been probably, I would think, the most successful part of the site recently because that's where I go. Like, I don't even go to StarWars.com, or I wasn't going to StarWars.com. I was going directly to the blog, right, uh, to check out what was going on over there because it was really um, focused on the community more than anything. So now with this redesign, we've kind of got the news and blog in one tab, video in another, events. Uh, films, TV shows, games and apps, most importantly, community, 
And then this is one of my favorite parts. The data bank is back. Um, mm-hmm. the, the previous redesign kind of did away with the databank, kind of didn't. Like, you could still find databank entries, but it wasn't right out there in the open for you to uh, to, uh, to to use and to, to browse through. Because the databank back in the day was my favorite part of StarWars.com because you just go through and uh, just just click it because it, it was sort of pre-Wikipedia, right? Or Wikipedia, uh, especially. So um, just looking at it, it's all in alphabetical order. So a lot of these things are in the A's. But uh, but if you want to learn about Admiral Trench, <laughs> uh, you can learn about him. If you want to learn about Bail Organa, you can do that. Like there's all sorts of characters here. And there's a lot of Clone Wars stuff, which is really cool. Uh, like, if you don't know what a Blixis is, you should, as a Clone Wars fan. Because a Blixis is a horrific half-shelled monstrosity. <laughs> the Blixis is a rare beast that is regarded a prize to most collectors as long as they are able to void the reach of its deadly tentacles. The Blixis is coated with an articulated carapace and hard chitin covers. It's wow. six pa- pick-like legs. Its well-muscled underbelly conceals a ghastly gash of a mouth filled with sharp teeth and a pair of pincer-tipped graspers. Its most terrifying feature, though, are the five sinewy tentacles that terminate in sucker-lined grasping pads. That's the sort of thing that you can <laughs> that you can wow, uh, enjoy in uh, at the the new Star Wars databank, data and it has a search feature. So um, I don't. Know, I just. <clears throat> We're really like promoting some Star Wars stuff today, but I just yeah, think that, that yeah. they're uh, they're they're listening to us, and that's kind of the most important thing. Here no, is and they were due too. And and the yeah. thing is too is that you know we're on the cusp of you know a decade plus and and beyond of yeah. of Star Wars. So th- this is a, a site where um, you know like before before you, all we had was the Clone Wars. And now I mean it's going to be a lot of traffic coming through here now with with everything going on in the next like i said foreseeable future so you gotta keep up on that and keep going so yeah. um i guess that's it mike you ready to head to the recap yeah let's do it all right yoda my old friend it is i quite content the voice i hear does not come from within but speaks from beyond you must complete what i could not Come to Dagobah. The answers you seek are here. The creation of the clone army kept secret from us. Cypher DST. Protocol 66 must not be discovered by the Jedi. Yes, Lord Tyrannus. I'm afraid I'm trapped. You must face the gravest of journeys to Morbon. Down! Thanks. It wasn't you I wanted to save. Stretching it even for you, sir. Rax, you're beginning to sound like Obi-Wan. Hello, CT5555. No clone uses a number. I am Fives. Call me Fives. The difference is minimal. Not to me. And not to any clone. Alright, Mike, here we go with the episode Destiny. Yoda's Starfighter emerges from hyperspace or from hyperspace and approaches a massive bright nebula streaming with ribbons of stellar gas the nebula's radiation blocks yoda's scanners but he can sense through the force the presence of a planet within the fighter is bathed in a blinding light and r2d2 is briefly overwhelmed with the energy and shuts down the controls of the fighter begin to move on their own and yoda surrenders the vehicle to the draw of the force the tiny ship passes through a barrier of light and approaches a rocky sphere in the heart of the nebula. The planet is barren, but marked by luminescent geysers that spew energy from the heart of the heart of the world. Yoda lands his fighter near a geyser, and R2 uh, regains consciousness, ejecting from the fighter and scanning the area with its sensors. Yoda can sense the world is strong in the Force, but R2-D2 can see nothing. Yoda realizes that the next step in this journey must be undertaken alone. He leaves R2-D2 on the planet's surface, handing the droid his lightsaber for safekeeping. Yoda boards his starfighter and descends into the geyser. The energy plasm is like, is like life itself, shooting into all reaches of the galaxy. Within the heart of the world are floating islands teeming with organic and luminescent plant life. 
So, Mike, we come straight out of the last episode, and he leaves, and he comes to this world. And we don't know. We have no idea what planet this is. They, I don't think they ever say what it is, although it is very strong in the Force. And we, and we saw that uh, Dagobah was similar to this, uh, very strong in the Force. But this planet is, you know, like the Force itself. I mean, it's got the midichlorians. And the thing that came out to me was it just had this vibrant, colorful-type atmosphere to the planet. It almost reminded me a little bit of um, uh, Fallujah uh, with the with the plant life and all that. So coming out of this, Mike, coming into this episode, this is the Force Planet, right? I mean, this is uh, the midichlorians. This is where it's all created, right? Yeah, I mean, like they kind of they go into it a little bit later, but it's it's basically. Uh, it's the place where midichlorians came from. Right. Um, it's funny. On my way home this evening, I was reading Facebook, and somebody posted something about Star Wars. And uh, and somebody, inevitably, some Weisenheimer smart guy, thinks he's the funniest person on the internet, posts a comment about how about how midichlorians are stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, in a, in a further... Uh, comment said something about that it being a lazy plot device and uh, and all I could think was wow you must only have seen the movies <laughs> because right. if you've only seen the movies that's what you think but if you've seen the Clone Wars if you've read a few of the books if you've done any sort of other uh, uh, adventuring in the Star Wars universe I mean if you've if you've read or listened to the Darth Plagueis novel uh, you know that midichlorians are actually super detailed, super in-depth, and very important to the Star Wars saga. Um, and, uh, you know, even though some people complain that they might ruin some of the mystery mm-hmm. uh, uh, behind the Force, um, I got no problem with it. I mean, uh, uh, right. you, you want a logical, not a logical, but like a scientific basis, a uh, foundation for it. I mean, just because midichlorians are in the in the bloodstream doesn't really explain anything else about oh, the force yeah it's exactly. just one aspect of of that part of the star wars universe but uh yeah this so this this world is is the birthplace mm-hmm. of i get uh, like the the force and and how the jedi specifically interact with the force so mm-hmm. so it's uh it's very important it's uh this yeah. is a very important storyline and the, and the midichlorians i tell you i mean I, everybody's there's always somebody that has an issue with that and it's like I think they don't understand that the movie itself never said that midichlorians are the force and I think people when they see that scene and they talk about midichlorians they just totally they totally wash over the fact that no they're not, they're not trying to say midichlorians that's what it is it's just a part of it like you said it's midichlorians are in the bloodstream it's i don't know it just kind of sometimes you kind of like you just shake your head like like you said at people who who post stuff like that and it's like do you really understand what i mean obviously you haven't read anything or like you said you haven't listened to things so well um, yeah those are the same people that will tell you that they're star wars fans but they don't know anything about star wars right like they don't know the first thing so uh yeah i i i really enjoyed this aspect Mm -hmm. of the uh of, of the the story because it's uh, it's sort of it's some answers, right? Like it's especially mm-hmm. answers to the to the Qui Gon stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I don't know uh, along with all of this great exploration of Yoda's character. I mean, oh, later yeah. on in the mm-hmm. episode, Yoda does some crazy stuff that yeah yeah you know you can't help but uh, but enjoy it. Get a little bit more of Yoda's character. Right, right. Go ahead, Mike. A second. Sure. Uh, Yoda lands his ship on one of the larger islands. Life, and therefore the Force, is everywhere. It is peaceful. A woman's voice draws Yoda's attention. A luminescent sphere approaches the Jedi Master and transforms into a tall female humanoid, masked with an aspect of serenity and dressed in flowing robes. The Force Priestess explains she has been awaiting Yoda's arrival and invites the Jedi Master to follow her as she floats into the wilderness. The plant life parts to allow her ethereal passage. Yoda. Who is there? Yoda. 
traveled far. I have. Looking for those who can teach me. The question is, are you worthy of being taught? Did you know coming I was? We watch and study all who are strong with the force in the universe. Now come, if we are to begin. So, Mike, we find out that these priestesses, they watch uh, over everything and anybody who's strong in the force. And and I'm assuming that they've watched Qui-Gon and, and he didn't get to this point and uh, maybe he was destined to to come to this but he was killed off before he had a chance to to visit this world and maybe uh, be chosen as one to live but uh, we'll get into it a little bit later on um, on how they pick and, and why they picked Yoda so uh, anything else on in this particular scene that uh, kind of shot out at you or, or gave you any pause to think about anything no I mean uh, this episode I don't know that I have too much commentary because it's kind of uh, it kind of is self-explanatory. It right. is what it is, right? Right. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, I, these these characters are so interesting to me. Um, all voiced uh, by by uh, oh jeez, my mind just went blank. I had it and then it just disappeared. All the uh, priestesses are voiced by the same person. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 Jamie King. I want to say really okay yeah i'm pretty sure yeah. uh, I'll, I'll confirm that while you read the next okay uh, yeah uh the, the, part. uh the priestess leads yoda to a gathering room where she is joined by her four cousins identical priestesses but with distinct masks one has the aspect of anger one of joy one of confusion and one of sadness yoda explains he is here to learn the great gift of manifesting life after death the priestesses react to Yoda in a manner that uh, befits their mass. The serene priestess explains that Yoda is destined to teach the one who will save the universe from a great imbalance, and thus is deserving of training. The force priestesses agree to begin Yoda's training. They whirl above him, becoming a blinding blur that bathes Yoda in light. He awakens in the lush wilderness. A priestess explains to Yoda that the world he is on is the foundation of life, the birth, uh, the birthplace of midichlorians, what connects the living force to the cosmic force. She guides Yoda along a path of floating spores to a storm-shrouded island. She identifies the disturbance as unconquered fear. She advises Yoda that in order for him to preserve his identity after death, he must truly know himself and let go of that identity. So. The first thing I noticed before I even read anything, or I just, the first thing I noticed watching this was the priestesses. I go, whoa, check out their masks. They're all different. And like I said, before I read anything or knew that that was uh, part, of the, part of the story, I go, well, wait a second, what's going on with these masks? I, oh, I see one that looks like she's angry, and I see one that's happy. I go, oh, wow, this is kind of like a part of the, you know, don't follow the dark side if, you know, don't have any attachments but it was a little different you know it's like it's not exactly what did i say it was joy it was confusion anger sadness so you know what i'm saying mike where if you follow the dark side you you kind of display some of these or you you know it's the anger the hate the so that, this wasn't actually hate this was joy and confusion so um it was a little kind of confusing first uh, as to what the five and what the five um, emotions meant. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Uh, maybe you can help me out with that. What are we talking about here on these five emotions? Is this something... I'm trying to figure out what they're trying to say there. Uh, I think they're just like, they're, they're parts of personality, sort of, right? So like, it doesn't really necessarily have anything to do with uh, falling to the dark side or, or anything like that, then. I think they're just I uh, I don't know if if you've read any of the New Jedi Order stuff mm -hmm. and uh, sort of Vergier's understanding of the Force in the expanded universe. There is no light side. There is no dark side. Uh, one of the priestesses explains later that uh, 
everything like she refers to to fear as everything that we consider evil mm-hmm. right so it's it, she's kind of pointing out that that's a that that's a it's a perception that's not that might not be the reality uh that that evil is actually just fear incarnate right like it's just people's worst nightmares sort of or them them acting on right. on those negative the negative feelings based around fear right so um yeah it's uh, it, it's 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 i think it's open for interpretation mm-hmm. i think that's that's the biggest thing is that it's not clear cut it's right. not not sort of i i don't think that it's supposed to make perfect sense okay yeah i'll put it that way right yeah. like it's supposed to be a little bit confusing it's supposed to be a little bit um vague so mm-hmm. that we sit here and then we we ask questions about it right right well another thing that i had a question about was you know the priest is talking about how yoda is uh they say quote he is to teach the one that will save the universe so mm-hmm. so i'm thinking wait a minute uh anakin's already you know he's already he's a jedi what they, they 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 he's part of the council but he's not a master yet so he's a knight um you know, are they talking? Are they talking about somebody else? Are they talking about Luke? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I've always had a question about this. Like, I talked about on another podcast that one of my big things was with Darth Vader was, you know, even Mace Windu says in Episode Three, did we misread the prophecy? You know, he says that comment about misread, and then Yoda even says, you know, maybe we did misread it. So yeah. I always had, I've always had a question that was Anakin really the chosen one or was it Luke you know and this kind of throws another wrench into it I before I even you know I had questions about it before I even saw this and when I read this I go wait a second you know what are they trying to say here are they saying that you know maybe maybe he's talking about Luke so I don't know it's just one of those up in the air kind of figured out yourself uh, have your own conclusions and maybe nobody's necessarily wrong but I think I've heard that George did say that you know Anakin is the chosen one but when you see stuff like that, it just makes me think, you know, well, what's going on? But so, when when George and and I think Dave Filoni has talked about it too, when they say that that Anakin is the chosen one, um, the explanation for that is the Mortis trilogy. Right. It's not later on, like like the chosen one, like it already happened. His battle to bring balance, all like Anakin's decision, his part to play in that, already took place during mm-hmm. the Mortis trilogy. Mm-hmm. That that um, that he did balance the force between the two of them, right? Between t- between the brother and the sister, mm-hmm. right? Like he 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 was the the judge sort of in that in that scenario and controlled both of them. Um, I think that then like the repercussions of what he does there are what happens in in the force. I think that that that. I think it gets discounted a lot. I think people ignore it. I think people don't don't remember what happened in the Mortis trilogy and don't think like, oh, well, you know, did that did that have any sort of outcome outside of that storyline? And it has to have because those characters were the aspects of the of the Force, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think that they the prophecy uh, is very complicated because yeah, the prophecy about Anakin was one thing, but then there's also, I, I feel like this is almost a new prophecy mm-hmm. that because of Anakin's actions, uh, it, it sets in motion. Uh, Palpatine has a lot to do with it. A lot of the things that he did, mm-hmm. but I think that the, the opportunity to cloud the judgment of, of the Jedi council is a direct reflection of, of Anakin sort of leaning towards the dark side in those moments during the Mortis trilogy and maybe giving a little bit more strength on that side. I have to watch the Mortis trilogy again because yeah, it's been too. a really long time since yeah. I've watched it. Right. But I do remember like there's the whole moment where I like they're they're fighting and he controls both of them. Right? Like he sort of makes them both stop. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the moment where everything's kind of swirling around him. I don't they might be the same moment. Um, and, and we get that vision of the future 
and uh, and what's coming. And I think we see some some Jedi fighting, and uh, uh, we see some uh, some Darth Vader mm-hmm. in that. And I think it's in those moments that that the dark side kind of wins a little bit because mm-hmm. I think we're left in that story w- with an impression that the dark side is edging out the light side mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. 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 So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Man, that's why I love this stuff. I mean, it just, it always brings up new questions and yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, anyway, go ahead, Mike. <clears throat> cool. Uh, where are we? These are big paragraphs. Yeah. Yoda confidently, believes. uh, Yoda confidently believes that as a Jedi master, he has already mastered his fears and conquer- conquered his weaknesses. The priestess is not as confident. Yoda journeys to the island and walks into the deep, darkened, and burned-out underbrush. He is stalked by a shadowy creature, a dark, red-eyed, hateful version of himself. The dark imp pounces on Yoda, and the two struggle. The creature claims he grows more powerful within Yoda during this time of war. Again and again, the creature strikes at Yoda, pinning the Jedi Master. Yoda finally recognizes his darkness and surrenders. Using the Force, he pulls the creature, his dark side, his hubris, towards himself. He acknowledges this aspect and rejects it, and the shadowy form fades away in a cloud of cinders. Show yourself. Yoda hates me. Yes. <laughs> Yoda, please, not with me anymore. Yoda thinks me not worthy. Yoda recognizes you not. See not what is inside Yoda. I choose not to give you power. And yet you spend your days in the decadence of war. And with that, I grow inside you. Know your true self. Face me now, or I will devour you. Yoda thinks me not worthy. (laughs) Recognize you. I do. There you go, Mike. Wow, what a wild scene that was and shades of Gollum there for a minute. Uh, but but here's the thing. Um, Yoda learned something here that, he, you know, like he says in the beginning here, he thought he was a Jedi Master. He thought he knew everything. And he learned something here that, you know what, you have to acknowledge your fear and deal with it and, and know it's part of it for you to conquer it. You can't just ignore it. Yeah. Like, like I think is the problem with, with some of the other Jedi maybe that have fallen and even Anakin maybe that you have to acknowledge it, accept it and go, yeah, this is part of me. But, the, and then you can use that and, 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 uh, you know, deny it or, you know, it's, it, he is able to conquer it basically. So, Wow, what a scene that was, though, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, I, definitely those shades of Gollum. Uh, I loved it. The, uh, the the effects and everything of, of the dark Yoda. Um, and, man, somebody just give Tom Kane an award. Because <laughs> yeah. that what he does, what he pulls into that dark version of Yoda, it's... It's genius. And I mean, I'm sure that Dave Filoni has a lot of credit for this and whoever directed the episode as well. Um, because I'm sure that there was a lot of direction to, to, to do the performance this way. But one of the best things about Yoda and one of the things we started the series with uh, uh, revisiting is the the childlike mm-hmm. element of him. The the uh, the humor, the the sort of um i don't know that more casual version of yoda and when we think about the prequels Mm -hmm. i think we think about the very serious jedi master grand grand master yoda 
um, sitting in his in his council chamber, and less about the uh, the the humorous goofy Yoda that we meet on on Dagobah for the first time in Empire. Um, but what you see in that evil version is an element of Yoda, the part of him that makes him uh, that that funny uh, impish character. But you see the dark side of it. Yeah. You see the you oh, see yeah. the evil part of it, and it comes out even more uh, in in that. And I I just I I find that performance fascinating because it makes the character that much more interesting. Um, and uh, and Tom Kane deserves a whole lot of credit for that performance and for showing us that side of Yoda and uh, and what he's like, mm-hmm. uh, what his dark side is like, which is something that I don't think a lot of us have uh, have really contemplated before. So yeah, you know, it made me think also that that you know how the teachings of the Jedi over the last millennia, you know, thousand years or whatever, have they're obviously flawed now, and, and Yoda's kind of realizing this now, like whoa. Uh, maybe not now, but he will in the future realize that they're they're not teaching some things right. And like he says here, you know, it's 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 for him finally recognizing his dark side. That is how he's able to defeat it. You know, he says, "Part of me you are, but power over me you have not." And he says, "Through patience and training, I can control you." So, like I said earlier, you know, he just he recognizes that yeah, the dark side is is in everybody, but if you're able yeah. to control it, you, you can handle it. So. Yeah, really cool stuff, and it just makes me think, wow, you know, what's going to happen with how they train in the future? and uh, Or, you know, like I said, maybe their training has been flawed all these years. So uh, let's continue, Mike. The Serene Force Priestess emerges, declaring that Yoda has conquered his hubris. What awaits next is facing his temptations. The Force Priestesses point Yoda toward the Valley of Extinction, where he must pass through without emotion and attachment. Dark Valley transforms into a hallway of the Jedi Temple, strewn with bodies. Yoda rushes to one. It is Mace Windu. Another is Petro, the youngling. Ahsoka lies nearby, still alive, but fading fast. With her dying breath, she heartbreakingly asks if she will still become one with the Force, even though the uh, the Jedi Council has expelled her. Master! Yoda! Please! Help me! I'm... I'm dying! What has happened to your Padawan? <coughs> Who has done this? <coughs> the Sith. How? You told me I would finish my training and become a Jedi, but the Council expelled me. Why would you do that? <coughs> Will I still become one? With the Force, when I die, Master, will I be a Jedi? Padawan, Padawan, Ahsoka, no, 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 not strong enough I was, no, failed I have, failed them all. So Mike, I wanted to include this uh, particular clip because I have a huge question um, that just kind of loomed at me when I saw this part and when I was, when I was listening mm-hmm. to this is um, is this a clue to what happens to Ahsoka in the future in, a, in, may, in maybe the future are they giving us like a little glimpse of maybe what could be in store for her you know like I said I have no idea what they're going to do if they should, we're ever going to see her again if this you know obviously this was some kind of a temptation type of um, uh, test for Yoda but it still made me think, you know, are we are we seeing something that we might see in the future? I don't know, but uh, it was really kind of cool to see Ahsoka back in, in season six, and and to and to see that scene, you're like, whoa, you know, what's? It just made me question, you know, Mike, you get those questions again, you know, are we going to see that? What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, it is it's our last uh, image of Ahsoka. Uh, well, I guess we've got one more kind of coming up in the next scene, right? But it's our last. It's it's definitely the last we hear from her, um, and it's uh, it's it's interesting because it. I think it's it is playing on on Yoda's guilt, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, on what happened with Ahsoka. And you can hear it in his voice on, too. Yeah, yeah, because 
uh, if you remember back to, to the end of season five, uh, the, you know, the, the council apologizes for their mistake and, and offers her the opportunity to, to rejoin the Jedi, right. To continue her training. Mm -hmm. And she turns away from them. Right. Um, and I like Yoda was one of the characters that was kind of taken aback by that. Like he, I think he definitely had a hard time with it. Mm -hmm. Cause, uh, cause Ahsoka w had been through a lot with with all of those different characters. We had a few storylines, I think, where mm -hmm. where Ahsoka and Yoda were were uh, pretty close. Right. So. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a. I think it was. I think it was fitting uh, with this being the last arc mm -hmm. to to have Ahsoka show up. Yeah, that no, was really cool. And uh, oh, we'll, we'll continue here with uh, the trials that Yoda goes through. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Yoda collapses among the bodies, anguished that he was not strong enough to stop the Sith from murdering these Jedi. Suddenly, the girl Katuni appears before him. She offers Yoda an escape from his confusion and sadness. She offers to guide Yoda to a place where he will never know pain. Yoda takes her hand. He is now uh, in the temple courtyard on the training ground beneath the great tree. It is a beautiful day, and many Jedi, young and old, gather. There is no war, only peace. Yoda joins the Jedi and sees Obi-Wan in conversation with Qui-Gon and Master Dooku. There is no animosity here. Dooku is friendly and recounting tales of his apprenticeship to Yoda. Dooku invites Yoda to join him and the others near the tree. Yoda stops in his tracks. He recognizes the illusion. He recognizes the impossibility of the, of the vision. He calls Dooku out as a traitor. Dooku darkens and his eyes glare red. A shadow falls on the courtyard as the vision disappears, returning Yoda to the Valley of Extinction. Dooku ignites his lightsaber and lunges, but Yoda offers no defense, knowing what uh, he sees to be false. Yoda awakens on the edge of the lush forest near a waterfall. The serene forest priestess congratulates Yoda on his progress but tells the Jedi Master that he must spend his life learning and practicing. So this was a pretty cool scene here. We got to see what it was or what it could have been like had, you know, the Sith not been around. You know, Duke who's there recounting stories of him and Yoda battling. And we, I mean, look at all the Jedi were there. I mean, it was Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, Dooku, Mace, Kenobi, Qui-Gon, Terra Sanube, uh, a bunch of the, the kid Jedi that we've seen in the earlier uh, episodes of season five. Um, I mean, just everybody, all the old, you know, all the old favorites, even, um, uh, oh, cred, the one that was in, uh, oh, who's the, kind of the dreadlocked wild dude, I'm, miss, I'm missing, uh, Quinlan, Quinlan Voss. Voss, yeah, he was there, yeah. and, you know, so, and, and, and we saw Jedi that have died already, or that, that will die in the next, um, you know, further on in the storyline here, so pretty wild scene, and then, uh, and then Dooku turned and, and changes, but what do you think, Mike, of this? Uh, this little scene here was kind of cool seeing all the old Jedi and what it could have been like and Yoda was he was kind of happy there for a second like oh wow this is what he wanted it to be this is what it was supposed to be like you know but he recognized yeah, that it's all it's, a, a ploy or a, a trick you know a trick or whatever so go ahead I'm sorry it's nice to see Dooku uh, as as yeah. uh, Yoda wishes he was right yeah right like yeah. sort of as 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 he would have been had the dark side not tempted him um that's that's a really cool thing to see i think yeah but i but obviously we know how that goes um <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah yeah i liked it i i liked the opportunity to see qui-gon again mm -hmm. uh i i like they they these the characters were all kind of present and accounted for mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah all these these characters that we know from uh from the the long legacy of the series this is one of the reasons why why this story is is a perfect end right to the clone wars yeah i'm seeing that now yeah definitely uh you want to finish it up uh sure yeah i show worst on the last paragraph yeah. here uh yoda asks to see the force priestess unmasked and she complies when she pulls off the mask she reveals empty space and her robes flutter to the ground Yoda realizes she has been dead, yet also not dead, during his journey. The remaining priestesses send Yoda on the next step of his training. He must face all that he fears, all that haunts his soul, 
on the ancient Sith homeworld of Moribond. Yoda returns to his starfighter, travels back to the surface of the planet, and retrieves R2-D2. Yoda sets course for Moribond. Hello, my friend. No, no. One more place to visit we have. A strange place I have come from, but finished not what I came for. Set a course for Moraban. Yes, brave we must be. The worst, I fear, is yet to come. Well, Mike, I guess uh, we'll find out if the worst is yet to come. And wait a minute, I thought the Sith homeworld was Korriban. What is going on? No. And there was a big so, controversy over that, too. So, George Lucas decided when they were writing this episode that he wanted to change Korriban to Moribond because mm-hmm. he likes the way that it sounds. So, they're the same planet. That's, right. that's, that's all it that's is. All At it the is. end of the day, George Lucas just doesn't respect the E and <laughs> does whatever he wants, right? Hey, it's so, just legacy now, isn't it? Or whatever they call it, legends or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. this is the thing is that when he did it, uh, when this first kind of came out, we were all like, oh, no, like it's, it conflicts. No, no, it doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's it's called Moribond. Yeah. That's what that's what the Sith homeworld is. Yeah. So deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's only in a few video games and comics. Yeah, I know. It wasn't needs to kind of chill out a little bit. Moribond, Corbon, yeah. they sound the same. Yeah. They're the same thing. No, no. Everybody needs to, to cool their jets a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that, uh, yeah. But you know what? Hey, like I think you've said it earlier. This episode really had that um, the vibe of. Jeez, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on everything today. Who, the the episode with Anakin and the dark side and the father and the son. Uh, the Mortis Trilogy. Gosh, dang it. Yeah. Anyway, it had that vibe of the Mortis Trilogy. Just really a lot of stuff that you had to really think about, and and there's a lot of questions that you could get out of this episode. I did, you know, I had a, a ton of questions when I was watching it, like, whoa, you know, just things that you ponder, and so it was, it was really good. Uh, looks like we're headed to, obviously, Moribon, and find out how, God, I'm really excited to see how this whole season finishes up, going to, uh, finishing up on the Sith planet, so... Wow, you know, Yoda. Yeah, there's one really cool thing. I may have spoiled the surprise for you earlier in the season when we were talking, but there's one uh, definitely very cool thing to close out the series. Okay. In this next episode, so looking forward to look that. Forward to that. And the next episode is entitled "Sacrifice." And here's a quick uh, preview. <laughs> Afraid of you, I am not. There is no life after death. Only nothingness awaits you, Jedi. Your fear feeds our hunger for power. They will know you are here. We will tell them you will die and be nothing. Wow. After many grueling trials, Yoda next travels to the ancient Sith homeworld of Moraban, where he must face an ancient evil determined to rule the galaxy. So that's how we're going to finish up the Clone Wars, Mike. Uh, uh, he's going to face an ancient evil. So I have no clue of what this ancient evil is. So uh, Was that voice familiar to you? You know, I was listening to that, and when I watched the episode, I'm like, there, obviously there's something about that voice that's triggered but I can't I haven't figured it out yet you know what I mean like where have I so have you seen the episode already no I haven't no you haven't seen it no yet. just okay. I only saw it to that one point so I have no idea what okay. happens after that uh, I, I see that he arrives on the planet and these uh, ghost apparition things circle him and that's kind of where I I stopped and said okay I'm going to wait until I can sit down and, and uh, focus and watch the whole thing so uh, will I so that voice has obviously something to something's coming up with that voice, then, right? I'll, I'll recognize it when I see it, or something like that, or yeah, okay. yeah. When you get there, you'll know you'll know who it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a very cool moment in uh, in the Clone Wars. It's a really great legacy moment for the series. So. Oh, is that a hint? A legacy moment? Yeah. Oh! 
<laughs> nice. I like how you threw that in there to see if I catch it. Huh? Um, all right. Well, shoot. That's going to be it for this week, man. Uh, what do you think, Mike? That's it? Yeah. Right. Uh, that does it for us on our penultimate episode i mean we've got we've got uh one more after our uh, the fi- the final episode of the clone wars mm-hmm. uh next next week but i uh, sort of we're we're wrapping up the series uh next week yeah. is our is the last episode of the clone wars that uh that we will be covering which i uh, yeah excited it's a little sad yeah, but it's been it's been a it's been a cool ride oh, yeah. so yeah. uh but we're not done yet um as uh, as a Jared Sly has done, you can email us your thoughts on the the, the this final season and uh, and the series as a whole. So uh, we want we definitely want to collect everybody's emails. Uh, everybody get their thoughts in, um, and you know if you want to send in audio, uh, you can do that as well uh, for our final episode, and uh, and and we can play that uh, during the show as well. Um, we want to hear from you guys, definitely, yeah. Uh, especially like our long time uh, Clone Wars uh, fans, uh, Frontlines listeners uh, that have been out there since since day one with us. And I know there's a few of you. So, uh, mail at clonewarspodcast dot com is how to reach us. And I, I, you know, you can you can find the website as always at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Clone Wars and head over to Facebook, join the page, uh, facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. And, uh, and, and from there you can find links to the group and you can join in with us and uh, with the conversation and everything that goes on there. Uh, as we gear up for uh, the end of Frontlines and the beginning, the true beginning of the rebels podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really excited to bring that to everybody. We're really excited to get into rebels as we bring everything else to a close. But, uh, but that does it for us this week. Uh, talking the episode destiny and we will see you next week for the final episode of the clone wars. Yes. Sacrifice. Yes. See everybody next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always. And welcome back, Clone Wars fans, to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, the original podcast. 
dedicated to the Clone Wars animated series. This is episode number 130. Well, this is the 136th episode for the show entitled. You know what? Let me start all over again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Go ahead. I don't know what I was trying to say. I thought I forgot something. Okay. Shit, that's funny. And welcome back, Star Wars fans, to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, the original podcast dedicated to the Clone Wars animated series. This is episode number 136, and we're talking about Destiny. My name is Matt, the Clone uh, Holy crap, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's, it's okay, take Matt, just <laughs> only, only 136 episodes, you know? <laughs> holy crap. It's understandable. I mean, you've only been on like a hundred and a hundred and ten oh, of those yeah. hundred and thirty-six. So I don't think I've ever messed it up that many times before. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, let's try one more time. 